Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Well, today is Palm Sunday. Some 2,000 years ago, the branches were waving on that day that Jesus entered Jerusalem. It was an awesome celebration for the people. The people were excited. They were worshiping their king, and they thought they were going to have victory of an earthly power with a political revolution by Jesus. They were wrong. Now, I want to paint a picture to give you an idea of possibly what that day could have looked like. When I was a child, I remember going to the Harrisonburg Christmas Parade, and we would get there so early, and it was freezing cold, and we would push our way up. Of course, Mom didn't push, but, you know, we would wiggle our way through the line so we would be up front so we could see all the floats, so we could see the people walking by, so we could hear the bands the best, and then... Then Santa Claus, Santa Claus was coming, and I would see him, and I would go wild with joy. And everybody in the crowd would go wild. You would hear the chants, here comes Santa Claus. It was awesome. And see, Santa was so special because Santa was known for his love, for his generosity of what he would do for the children the night before Christmas every year. So today, we're celebrating. We're celebrating a parade, the parade of King Jesus, of Palm Sunday. But in this parade, Things are not as they seemed. The title of today's message is The New Rules. And I'm going to share the purpose of the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. It was more than a parade and the celebrating of an earthly person. See, for the next few minutes, what I want you to do, please consider What does Palm Sunday have to do with me? We were hopeless, powerless, empty, broken. Desperate for something 
to save us, desperate for something new because our broken ways from the past were killing us. We were wrong. What we thought could save us didn't. It couldn't. It was powerless to set us free. There was a time when God's people were desperate for a conquering king, and instead they received a suffering savior. Not seated on a throne, but hanging from a cross. And from there, he brought us new life. And not just that, but a new way of living, new eyes and new smiles and new rules. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. On Palm Sunday, the triumphant entry of Jesus ushered in the new rules for every person living today and forever. New rules for you. The people had dreamed of a political king who would overthrow the Romans because, see, they had been oppressed. Times were tough. They didn't like the Romans, and they wanted a governor who was going to crush the Romans. But, see, Jesus didn't come riding in on a white horse. Unexpectedly, he rode in on a donkey, a borrowed donkey, a colt. Our passage is found today in Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. Please stand with me for the reading of God's word. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna! And Hosanna was meaning save. It was a word of exclamation, a word of great praise. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth and Galilee. Let us pray. 
Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, bless the reading of your word today. And you are welcomed here in this place. We pray, Father God, that you'll open our hearts to receive the hope of new life found in today's message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now we're going to watch a video to help us to have an understanding of the history of Palm Sunday to get us where we are today. Amid shouts of praise and the waving of palm branches, Jesus triumphantly entered into the city of Jerusalem. This event marked the beginning of the most significant week in human history. Understanding the historical setting of this singular event can teach us of the ultimate mission of the Savior as the Lamb of God and the true King of Kings. To better understand the importance of the triumphal entry, it is helpful to first understand its correlation to the Feast of Passover or Pesach. Passover was the first of three major Jewish feasts celebrated each year. The feast was to commemorate the deliverance of ancient Israel from bondage in Egypt. According to Exodus 12, the Lord commanded Israel to select a lamb without blemish on the tenth day of the first month. Once selected, the lamb was then brought into their homes to live with the family for the next four days. On the eve before the start of the fifteenth day, they were then to kill the lamb, smear the blood on the doorposts, and share together the Passover feast. If they did this, the Lord promised that the destroying angel would pass by them and spare the firstborn of the home. Every year afterward, Israel celebrated Passover to remember the great deliverance from bondage. In addition, the Jews at the time of Jesus were looking forward to a coming Messiah, who would hopefully likewise, during Passover, deliver them from their Roman oppressors. With this background in mind, let's study the events of the triumphal entry. Shortly before Passover, the Savior began his last mortal journey to Jerusalem. Like Jesus, hundreds of thousands of Jews were also arriving to celebrate the feast. With the city swelling beyond capacity, many would have camped on the Mount of Olives and surrounding areas. Jesus chose to stay in nearby Bethany with the family of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, whom he had just raised from the dead. News of this remarkable miracle spread like wildfire. The promised Messiah had come. As the Savior and his disciples climbed over the Mount of Olives, with the temple glistening in the morning sun, the people cut branches from palm trees, waving them excitedly, and laid their garments on the ground to cover his path. The significance of the timing is unmistakable. According to the Synoptic Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the day Jesus entered was the tenth day of the month, five days before Passover. This would mean that on the very same day that the Jews were selecting their Passover lambs, Jesus, the true Lamb of God, rode into Jerusalem and was symbolically chosen by the people. Also, just as the lambs would be brought into the homes of the people to stay for the next four days, so too Jesus came into his Father's house, the temple, 
and taught for the next four days before his death. This act of worship by the Jews during the triumphal entry fulfilled the prophecy of Zechariah which stated, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey. Sadly, as the week progressed, the Jews saw that Jesus did not come as the conquering Messiah they had hoped for. They realized that Jesus would not bring them the political deliverance they so desired. Yet they did not understand the true deliverance he would bring through his atonement, death, and resurrection. Only five days later, some of this same crowd who had previously shouted praises at his arrival would now shout for the death of the Lamb of God. Often we are faced with the same question as these Jews in Jerusalem. What type of Messiah are we hoping for? One who will immediately free us from all our challenges and trials? Or are we humble enough to trust in the Lord's timing for redemption? In essence, we all have our own personal Exodus story, a story where we are in spiritual bondage and can be released only by the blood of the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. We each have the opportunity daily to select Jesus Christ as our Lamb of God and allow him into our homes. When we lay down our all before him, as the Jews laid down their garments, shouting Hosanna, we choose to accept the Savior, seeing him for who he really is. Only then can we, like ancient Israel, be spared from the destroying angel of death and sin and enter into the promised land because of the triumphal entry, death, and resurrection of the Lamb of God. The triumphant entry marks the beginning of Passion Week. This event is recorded in all four Gospels, and of all the events spoken about Jesus, this particular period in the life of Christ is shared more in these books. Jesus and his disciples were in the company of many Galilean pilgrims on their way to the Passover. Together, many of them were walking the Jericho Road towards Jerusalem. As always, everything that Jesus was doing was on task. He knew what he was about. He was on purpose, and he knew what was ahead. When Jesus stopped about two miles from Jerusalem, and he sent his disciples in to get a donkey, to get a colt that had never been ridden. Well, he didn't stop two miles because he was tired of exhaustion and he needed a ride in. No, he stopped intentionally knowing what he was doing. Jesus was intentional on fulfilling the Old Testament prophecy in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, that had been told over 400 years earlier. Jesus knew the prophecy, and so did the people. 
The Bible says in the Old Testament, Zechariah 9, 9, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly. The word lowly in Hebrew is ane, poor, needy, humble, weak, afflicted, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. When Jesus was born of a baby, he was born to be king of the Jews. He knew the prophecy of Zechariah as everyone else did. No one was allowed on the king's horse or the king's donkey, only the king. So that's why he told the disciples to go and get a donkey, but to get a donkey that had never been ridden. Jesus knew the exact details of that donkey, where it was going to be located, what the people would say. The Bible tells us that some of the people were standing there and they asked, why are you loosening the donkey? When the disciples answered, it was the same as Jesus had told them. Jesus knows everything. Jesus knows the details of everything that will occur today until the end of history itself. He knows our very thoughts even before we speak. He knows our hearts. He saw us being formed in our mother's womb. It's so easy to lose sight that Jesus knows everything when you're having a bad week. You're having a bad month. Or you're having a bad year. You can be sure that Jesus doesn't miss the details. He knew exactly where that donkey was, and he knows exactly where you are today. Maybe you're in school, getting ready to graduate high school or getting ready to graduate college, and you're wondering, am I going to get that perfect job? Or you just learned of bad news from the doctor. Or worse yet, you're waiting. You're waiting for the news from the doctor. You haven't heard yet. Or your child is suffering with mental illness, and that child is estranged from the family. You just got laid off from work. You fill in the blank. Whatever the circumstances, God is sovereign. And as sure as he knew where the donkey was and that colt, he knows the location of where we are, the details of your life. One of my life verses, and I believe it with all of my heart, and many of you have heard me pray this over your life when I'm praying. Jeremiah 29, 11. 
For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. And they're plans of good. They're plans to prosper your life with a future of hope and not disaster. When Jesus rode in on the donkey, he was following the Father's plans. And when he did, he ushered in the new kingdom, the new rules. And as he did, the people put down their outside garments on the donkey and on the saddle, and they made a way. They laid things on the road. Jesus was on the road to the cross as the people were praising, Hosanna, Jesus, the Messiah, the King of the Jews. He came to give victory through peace and death on a cross. Certainly not what anyone would have ever imagined, ever thought about. I mean, it was the unthinkable, the unforgettable. He was not there to reign by a white stallion or by a chariot with razors on the wheels. He was Jesus on a donkey, a colt. The people just didn't have a clue that Jesus would rule from the cross, an image that they just would have never thought of. There are many ironies in the Bible. One that's very familiar with probably most of you would be Joseph. Joseph was sold by his brothers to the slave traders. And then years later, they go to the brother Joseph for food so they don't starve to death. Irony, it can be found anywhere. We see it in poetry. We see it in literature, movies, pop culture, and in real life. A great example comes from the movie Nemo, Finding Nemo. Oh, there's a clip, okay? Dad Marlin is debating with Mr. Ray on what to do and how to keep Nemo safe. The irony is that Nemo swims away and gets in trouble while Dad is taking care of business. You get the idea. Irony almost can happen anywhere. The triumphant entry is full of irony. On Palm Sunday, the people praised him. In just a few days, they would say, crucify him. They were demanding his death. Think about it. One day they shouted, Hosanna! And then the next, crucify him. Jesus came to change everything. The lowly, as prophesied in Zechariah, ushered in the new rules for the people of that time and for today and forever. So what are the new rules? What's important? I mean, this is important stuff. We need to really dig down into it because it's freedom. It's life-giving 
as we established last week when Pastor Jarrett was preaching, we learned that everyone desperately needs the new. And that new is available for everyone. The new life and the resurrection when we turn to Jesus. We will mourn Good Friday and the crucifixion this coming week. And then we're going to celebrate Easter. But today, on Palm Sunday, the Messiah introduced the new rules. The Jews had many rules. And today, there are many socially accepted rules. You think about it. I got to be number one. Oh, and if it feels good, do it. Or the audience of me. You know? Oh, it's always been that way, and it's always going to be that way. We could just go on and on. The triumphant entry of Jesus ushered in a new kingdom and new rules. New rules that can change your life. In Jesus, the old is gone. Hallelujah. And the new is here. Everyone in this room and in this world for all ages, we need new life. And it is available. I want to share some new life stories. Testimonies of God's miracle, working power in the lives of these individuals. A board member of Wingfield Ministries was diagnosed with cancer in her breast, uh, in her lungs, and throughout her body at UVA. Then she went to Duke University for a second opinion. People started praying and fasting. Well, she goes, it's time to go for treatment. So they decide they're going to do a second scan to just, you know, get an update on where the cancer is in the body so they know what to do. The doctors come out, and they're surprised. They don't even know what to say. All right, but what they say is that they can't even explain it, but there is no cancer in her body. She was new. This person has been cancer-free for six years. And we can celebrate, praise the Lord, people. <laughs> I mean, that's good news. We got stuff like that in our lives here in this room. I know it. I have a personal friend, desperately wanted to have children. She had four miscarriages. And then the doctor told her she wasn't going to be able to have children. We began to pray and fast, pray and fast. She was heartbroken. Well, I can tell you a new life story today. Today she is new. She has four children. One is ten, one is nine, one is four, and one is two. Praise the Lord, God is still working. 
Now, I couldn't preach this message without sharing my personal story of experiencing the new rules for Christ. I was on the highway to hell. The lies of the enemy had complete control over me. I was selfish. I liked to drink alcohol and use drugs and party, and it was a revolving door with me in trouble with the law. I moved to Tampa, Florida when I was 24 years old for fun in the sun. But Jesus had a different plan for me. At the age of 31 years old, on May 23, 1993, I encountered Christ. And the chains of the enemy were broken. Instantly, I was adopted into the family of God, and the new rules according to God's love set me free. I'm 60 years old today. Not my birthday today, but I mean, I'm 60 years old. (laughs) I've been clean for 29 years. I can personally tell you from life experiences that Jesus has the ability to turn your life upside down. Jesus Christ has the ability to take ashes and turn them into something beautiful. I know with confidence that there is no one outside of God's reach. If God can reach me, and he did, then he can reach anyone. Don't give up on your loved ones. Don't give up on your friends. Don't give up. There's hope. There's hope today. I pray until I take my final breath that I never forget who I used to be. Not because I'm proud of it or anything like that, because I'm very ashamed of the past. But those days remind me of who I was before Jesus and that I need him every hour. I need him every minute. I need him every second of every day, and I know that everyone in this room and in this world needs Jesus. I never dreamed that I would be a Christian. I never dreamed that I would be an ordained minister God indeed can turn a sinner into a saint. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So what about you? What about you? New life is available to everyone. And all we need to do is turn to Jesus. He knew over 2,000 years ago that you would be in this service today. Just as when he made his triumphant entry on that donkey, he knew what was ahead of him in just five days, the cross of Calvary. Band, would you please come into place? I know that there are many faithful believers 
in this room today. Men and women who love the Lord. Today, you're still feeling the effects of COVID. Or something else has gotten you down. Life is hard. You're weary. And you need encouragement. Look to Jesus. Trust him. He's faithful. Are you feeling as though God has abandoned you? Do you feel hopeless? Look to Jesus. Surrender all. Satan would have you believe that Christ doesn't care. Christ can't help you. You need to stay in control. Maybe that's you. Or perhaps there's someone here today who has fallen cold to Christ. You're going through the motions. Life has been overwhelming. And today, you realize that the Holy Spirit's tugging at your heart to run home to Jesus. You desire to recommit your life to Christ. Or perhaps today in this service, you've never encountered Christ. You've never asked Jesus to come live in your heart. You never asked him to forgive you for hurting him. He wants to journey life with you. He wants to give you new life. Jesus knows the location of your heart, your mind, and your soul. Let us pray. Oh, faithful Lord. I'm praying for those believers that's in the room today, God, that's tired, that's weary. You know every detail of their lives, and you care. Today, Lord Jesus, help them to surrender everything to you. Help them to trust you, God, that you've got it. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Lord, I pray for that person that's wanting to experience the refreshment of surrendering everything all to Jesus. If that's you, just slip your hand up. No one's going to embarrass you. Thank you. Jesus wants to do something new. Will you trust him with everything in your life? Oh, it's been a long while perhaps since you, Jesus has been first in your life. And today, you know he's not in first place. But you want to come home running. You want to recommit your life to Christ. Perhaps you've been at your wit's end and you desire the peace of Christ today. If that's you, will you just raise your hand and you want to come home to Jesus? Thank you. Thank you. The Word tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart 
and do not lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways to acknowledge him. So, Lord, that's what we're doing. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. And perhaps today there's that one that has never given your life to Christ. Today can be your spiritual birthday if you will just invite Jesus to come live in your heart. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If you want to ask Jesus into your heart this morning, just raise your hand. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Holy Spirit, for speaking to us today. And we desire to experience the new rules that you have ushered in on Palm Sunday. Awesome God, we put you in front in the driver's seat and we trust you. Be our God in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The new rules bring life and they change yours today and forever. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.